I'd seen some things about this game when it was making the rounds and press releases that kind of got me a bit interested in it. So I was like, oh, cool. It's for free. Let's see. Let's, let's give it a whirl. Potentially cursing us, but <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Whoa, video games. <laughs> this is what a lot of shit. Intro. Whoa, video games. <laughs> you know what you're here for. Yeah, buddy, it's we video got games a steaming now. pile of video games for you today. Whoa. Whoa, look at those things. There's, I feel like there's a lot happening right now, weirdly. Hmm. December is usually such a quiet time for gaming, but like between the game awards and a game that i'm going to talk about it's a weird moment in video games right now david it's busy it, it is this is yeah there's a lot going on there's a lot going on the big announcements happening some surprises it's it's good it's been a good time since the last time you and i talked hades 2 has been announced which is so fucking crazy i'm into that it that is outrageous yeah i'm ready for it you know how i, I feel about believe. hades yeah there the the this podcast is a monument to how many weeks you have played hades <laughs> I played I played a lot of Hades. It's in like half of our episodes. Is it really? There was like a stint of like 30 episodes where it was like I am playing Hades and then whatever other games you were playing. <laughs> I should go back and look on our website about how many episodes we mentioned Hades. I know, it's not a bad idea. It's on there, podtimism.com. You can you can check that out there. You had the power. Whoa, hi, it's Video Game Podtimism, the Optimist Video Game Variety Show, where two best friends talk about the wonderful world of gaming. And it's wonderful right now. It My is. name is Chase. My name is David. And we do this podcast. This is the one we do. In case you were wondering uh, which Except podcast no we do, it's the one that we're <laughs> speaking on right now. Yeah, yeah. Just in case anybody sort of got lost or they don't know which other podcast we, we do or other catalogs. We have been known to be guests on other podcasts. Yeah. You know, pod pod floaters, just kind of wandering around from pod to pod. Pod floaters. I have been drinking like a hot toddy every time we record, and it's like really led me down the right path, I feel like. <laughs> it's such a good time. Like it is so cold in Seattle, and it, it the sun goes down at like three o'clock, not mm -hmm. really, but at like four. Yeah. Um, and man, a, to a toddy just warms the soul. I feel you. I'm totting it up right now. It's actually a kind of a chilly day in Santa Barbara. So yeah. this is this is warming my bones too. In my That's sweet really nice. king sweater. Light the beam, David. Light the beam. L L T B baby. <laughs> um, have you been playing video games, David? Yes, I have been. Uh could you tell me about which which ones? Probably the game I've been playing the most of right now is actually Marvel Snap. Yeah. It really starts to take over your life at a certain point. Yeah. I've been delving deep into this game. It really does a good job of keeping you going and just stringing yeah. you along and giving you little little uh, accomplishments, little rewards here yeah. and there, just doling them out very judiciously, but in a very steady pace mm -hmm. to just keep you keep you hooked. And beyond that, the gameplay is pretty fun too. You know, it's all your it's all your favorite Marvel characters and more uh, in this <laughs> game. And they they did a really good job of making a card deck building game bite sized and still yeah. interesting mechanically and from a gameplay perspective. So it's actually a pr pretty impressive game, I think, in how it's changed the the flow of, of this type of game, which is usually known for being like these, you know, 30-minute-long battles of attrition sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Right? Whereas this game is not that at all. It's just play your coolest cards, do something cool, and then see if you win. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. The upgrade tree is really great. 
right? Where you mm-hmm. just they give you like a cool voiceover every time you upgrade a card <laughs> with like frame break or three D logo. <laughs> shiny logo is my favorite because you're right that like 3d and frame break they all sound cool but for whatever reason shiny logo always sounds so goofy to me it's just a goofy thing for a voiceover announcer to say (laughs) it's like you just pulled it out of like a gotcha pond machine or something like (laughs) popped open this little capsule oh shiny logo That, that sounds like a good name for like a band or something. Shiny Logo. That is a, that is a good name for a band. Shiny I logo. like Shiny Logo. Yeah. And their logo is actually just matte. It has a matte finish. That's, that's how they get you. That's how they get you. <laughs> but no, the game's fun. I'm curious to see how long it keeps me entertained. But it really does a good job yeah. of giving you new cards pretty regularly to, to mess around with. And each card definitely you know, is like, oh, I could do something different with this. And it's just fun to kind of hot swap out things and see how it plays differently. And just switching one card can really make a big difference to your yeah. deck and, and how you play. Um, so it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty strategic and interesting how you can really focus on doing, you know, just like on reveal cards and just yeah. like pump those bad boys up. Or do like a bunch of like one cost cards in your deck and just hope that you pull like your your really powerful like six cost card that like makes them super OP. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just it's it's fun. It's capturing all the all the parts of Hearthstone that I liked without the staggering amount of time and money that Hearthstone would cost sometimes. Which is yeah, which is for sure. A nice breath of fresh air truly in this genre of game. Do you know what collection level you're at? The little like green level? Thirty nine. Okay, gotcha. Also, when do I start playing people who are good? <laughs> this there's a lot in the beginning that I'm like, how many of these are bots? Because I think that like mm. for probably the first at least like ten to twenty matches, I was pretty convinced that most of those were bots. Yeah, um, like I'm in iron still. I bet by like twenty, you'll be playing people that you're like, this is definitely a real person. Every once in a while, I play as someone who's a real person, but then they like yeah. they snap at me. And I'm like, you're about to lose this next turn, dude. And then I beat them. Yeah. It feels good. Yeah, like especially at that point of the game, they're giving you cards at such a clip that are like every one of them is like, damn, I could do a lot with this, mm-hmm. which is good. I, I I think the early game in Marvel Snap is really good. They do a great job of uh, tutorializing the game without explicitly being like, okay, here's the tutorial now. Yeah. Like it, it goes beyond just here's how to play the game and it gets into territory where it's like, they are teaching you how to, you know, play against other people, how to have like a normal match, when to snap, when not to snap, mm-hmm. uh, without really telling you any of that. It's true. They're 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 pretty good about that. So I I think this game is a, a very good example of how to tutorialize something without it feeling too terrible. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. I think a little bit too, won't we? Sure, sure will. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Marvel Snap, a lot of fun, bite-sized game, really great to just play on the yeah. go or at home and just kind of zone out and throw some cool cards down. I love Odin. Yeah. Odin's great. Odin is great. Just not in Thor Ragnarok or God of War Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. God. I'm thinking Marvel in my brain. And besides the game that we played this week, I think that's really all I've been playing. I play, I dabbled a little yeah. bit in Dark Souls. I haven't really gotten much farther. Those cargoes kicking my ass. They really are. This is this is the, the part in the game where I'm just <laughs> like, I just got to learn how to play. And then it's going to be a little bit easier after all of this. It's just, it's molding me to its play style right now. So that's, but still, still an enjoyable game. Still a Souls game. I do, I do yeah. love me a good Souls game. I love the pain. I love the brutality. It's good for you. It's good. It's a good game. And then I did, I did, I will mention, I did mm. relapse a little bit, Chase. <laughs> I, did, I did relapse In, a little bit. Okay, hold on. Hades? Yeah. Oh my God, another episode where David has played Hades. I, I just <laughs> did, I just did a run because they announced yeah. Hades 2. So I was like, yeah. 
that's a good reason to to go through another run of Hades, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. to see what's good. See what's good. It's true. Um. So yeah, it's still still a very fun game. <laughs> So it's still good, good shockingly still like new bits of dialogue it's crazy yeah but yeah great game love it what have you been playing chase i've been playing some video games shockingly i've mostly been playing one but there's there's two others that i would love to mention one is that i dipped back into the last spell which mm. is a game that like was on my game of the year last year i don't remember what number but it was on there it is this game where it's like you it, it's not exactly tower defense but you've got like a town square where there are a bunch of mages that are trying to cast the last spell and like banish magic from this land which is like mm -hmm. goddamn, the pitch of that is just so cool. cool and your job is to control like three four or five little like soldiers i guess mm -hmm. and hold back a ever increasing horde of bad guys so like there will night one there's like some zombies that try and come get you from the mist and usually you can get through that okay but there's like you know in any given level like 10 nights or something like that that, mm -hmm. that you have to get through and it's uh, very much intended to be a game that like you fail at surviving the night a bunch of times until you get it kind of a it is a roguelike in that sense but like rogue light maybe sure because there is like a pretty significant amount of level of meta progression mm -hmm. normally i wouldn't necessarily bring up like a game that i am replaying that like i don't have a lot and like not a ton has changed from the base game like the actual like rules and mechanics but the game is getting pretty close to i think 1.0 if not already there it was in early access when i played it last year and uh, i really liked it then and i put a lot of time into it and i, I think probably like 50 hours or something like that like a, a pretty good amount of time playing this game mm -hmm. because like you know you can sit down and play for 10 minutes or you can play for an hour or however long it, it felt like a very accessible as far as when you can play it kind of game mm -hmm. anyway point being uh when they are getting closer to 1.0 at some point they had like a, like a reset like all of your progression got reset to, to nothing because they wanted to essentially redo the loop of how the game played out so sure like, you know the level that i was playing in early access was i think like their second or third level as far as like the the total game goes mm -hmm. and so they're like well we're just gonna you know redo that and so you know i've been playing the game it's not a, not from scratch but from not far from scratch because like i kind of know what to expect at this point but you know all the, all the meta progression reset mm -hmm. and uh it's been a bit kind of a bizarre experience i wouldn't say that that's a bad thing but it is interesting and for me just raised this idea of early access is not a new thing mm -hmm. um and i've played games in early access and a lot of them are like i wouldn't say wink and nod but a lot of them are kind of like hey our game is mostly out and we're just going to continue to kind of build and iterate on stuff. Sure. And that's not always the case, right? Like Rogue Legacy uh, 2 recently came out or, you know, a year ago or so ago. And they're like, hey, this game is like definitely not done. Like you cannot beat it. It's not done. Mm -hmm. Or uh, even Hades was a good example of like you beat the Minotaur. And it's like, all right, well, here's where the rest of the game would go. <laughs> like the story wasn't nearly as fleshed out, right? So. Mm -hmm. There are some examples where early access truly means like we're letting you play some of this early. But I, I think like a much more common experience, at least on like the Steam early access side of things, is like here's the game in its kind of done form. We'll just fill it out. Like we'll start building more stuff later. But there's this bizarre experience that comes along with these ones that do the reset where I got to know the game from last year and liked it quite a bit. And they've sort of like totally wiped it clean and they say all right learn a new version of that now because there are changes like there's some stuff that has changed and so like it's interesting getting to know that and seeing like what what the differences are mm -hmm. i don't know it's, it's definitely making me reflect on like i i definitely don't have a huge issue with certain games being in early access um, i'm playing this other game right now that i probably won't talk about this week but it's called kinseed which is like a number of former fable developers made like kind of a life sim game mm -hmm. and it's really good and you, like 
it's also in early access or maybe just hit 1.0 but like before that you could definitely see like where they were going and like what parts were going to change yeah but but the other side of this of like totally redoing it is 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 different and interesting i don't have a problem with the kinseed version or honestly either the hades version as well but mm -hmm. it's it's a little jarring to have something that i would consider and did say was like one of the better games of the year and then come back to it and have it be totally totally different yeah like i said it, it's not night and day it's still a very similar game but like i kind of had to relearn it in a certain sense hmm. which i don't i wouldn't say like oh this is a problem with the developers i i more say like maybe i should just wait with these games sure and and i've had that experience a little bit uh, in, in the last year or so where um there's this game that came out i think i talked about it a little bit called the iron oath mm -hmm. i think i played that back in like may that game i could tell like hey i'm really gonna like this but there's a lot of story stuff involved and i, I was kind of worried of like i don't want to put in tons of hours and then have it all reset mm -hmm. you know like with the last spell it was much more a mechanical experience and i think you know they've added like a fast forward button so you can speed up the fighting a little bit and having uh, like armed with the knowledge of what works in the game pretty well I'm, i am able to speed it up but like i really didn't want to have to like scroll through a bunch of dialogue boxes again yeah. if i was going to do the iron oath again and so i think it's more just a reflection point of like me being like i think if a game is so early in early access that it may either reset or the story will totally change or anything like that. I think mm -hmm. I might just like hold off for now. Yeah, that's what I've been thinking about for Baldur's Gate 3, which is on yes, my... Yes, yeah, another great example. My must-play list whenever it comes out. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't want to touch it because I know like Larian is known for having very uh, rough builds when they first yeah. put them in yeah. early access, and I just want to experience the whole thing when it comes out. So yeah, I, to I totally get that. So do you, do you feel like you enjoyed the original version, the early access version of uh, The Last Bell more than the, the final version? No. No, I think this version is better. Mm. So like... Just different. I, it's it's yeah it is different like i i think they do the difficulty curve a little bit better on this one hmm. in in the the sort of base version that i played last year it was hard it was difficult and this one's still pretty tough but the the first level took me i think five attempts to beat and like the attempts are long right like a, a run of a level you know in total it doesn't have to be played all at the same time but like a total run will be like an hour or two mm -hmm. and so it's not like you can just fly through this sure but I think the other one in the base game had to have taken me like 15, 20 tries to beat. Whoa. And so like it was it was much longer. So, yeah, it, it's it's I think overall a better game. It's a more cohesive experience than the base game was. Mm -hmm. And so I think like I, I may have liked it more had I, had I played it on release, you know, mm -hmm. because like I, I think it is doing a lot of good stuff. So, yeah, I, I think just overall I may try to make a better assessment of like when this game is going to come out or how much could change because I want like I want to just like praise these games as much as I can and be mm. like look at this thing it's incredible and like I have definitely a tolerance for like progress reset and shit like that mm -hmm. but I could see somebody being a little bit more frustrated about that sure so yeah an, an interesting mm -hmm. situation I'm still again I'm still playing it and I'm enjoying it quite a bit mm -hmm. it's a definitely a game where I'm like okay I have like half an hour let me just play a little bit of this and see what's going still on still a good game but just a little off-putting to have it be so different and to lose your progression i'm not even sure i would go as far as off-putting it's just a strange experience that's mm -hmm. like very 2022 game development you know sure like you either have these games that come out like we talked about cyberpunk last week mm -hmm. that were not ready <laughs> to be out yeah and they were in their full release or you have games that i think are in some ways more honest and saying like this is early access the, ga the game isn't done but then that comes with I think kind of a tacit agreement of like we can kind of change whatever we want about this one including progress which 
I, I don't think it's unfair. Like they they've said it's an early access. There are things that can change with that. So I don't think it's like a a bad thing to do, but like it's it's a part of it, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, interesting. I'm also playing this game called Road Warden, David. Road Warden. Road Warden. Is it, sh- is it starring Roadhog? It is unfortunately not starring starring Roadhog. Mm. Roadhog's dad, Road Warden. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, continue. This is a game that I'm playing on the Steam Deck. It is how do I describe this? Like it's an RPG, but it is like mostly text based. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a little bit of like an illustration of kind of the place that you're in mm-hmm. on the left, but it's like it it's pretty not simplistic, but it's not heavily detailed. Yeah, you're you're seeing like from bird's eye view of like a fort that you roll up on or mm-hmm. a, a tiny little inn that you get to go stay at or something like that. It's not showing you like people or faces or anything super duper detailed but uh I'm, this has kind of been like a before bed kind of game because it's a lot of reading which is <laughs> unfortunately sometimes something that i don't love to do i feel like the <laughs> the the chuddiest dude saying this like, is video game like, optimism right now too much <laughs> reading yeah. too much words i man. came here to game not to read have you seen that or heard that like duke nukem sound the uh wow that's a lot of words too bad I'm not reading them. No, it's it's not. kind of that. Like on on initial blush, I'd bought this a while ago and like had just had played maybe ten minutes. I was like, I can't do this right now. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of a, a a tipsy game buyer. That's a thing that I do. You get drunk like sometimes. Video games? I wouldn't say I get drunk, but at the end of a night, if I'm coming home after like doing some drinking, I'll pop on the Steam store and be like, What's going on in here? Daddy's feeling loose right now. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. And so this was one of those pickups. What's good, Steam sales? Which is, I would say, one of the worst times to start a new game. Oh, I'm so bad at gaming when I'm drunk. Oh my god, like tipsy, the first... sorry, tipsy, as you say. Yeah, it, like it's it's not that my motor reflexes are more like terrible. It's like my ability to learn a new set of rules is so hindered in that situation yeah. so like it was a bad choice to start it then but and i was just like kind of sleepy the other day i was like i bet that would be a good game to do before bed and it is you essentially are uh playing this person who's like a road warden which is i don't know if it's like a scout is the right word but you're essentially this person who has been i guess contracted or hired by the government uh of this like larger towns to go and like scout the roads and make sure that like things are okay mm-hmm. out there is this like a post-apocalyptic is this like a, a little bit yeah it's I think it's a little light on the details initially, mm. which is I, I think is pretty cool. Um, but you get the sense that like this is a fantasy world and like things aren't what you would expect from just like, you know, you're not driving a car, you're riding a horse. Um, but there's also like other kinds of monsters and stuff like that that are not just, you know, straight up historical fantasy mm-hmm. a little bit closer to like i don't know lord of the rings or something like that in the kind of like monsters and goblins that are out there in the forest for you but i i haven't gotten a lot of like super confirmed details about the setting other than just kind of like what you're seeing and what, what's being described to you and most of that so far has mostly just been like fantasy stuff mm-hmm. there's a little bit of kind of like a western vibe to it in the sense that you are mostly by yourself for a lot of this game like You'll run into either, you know, the the first thing you encounter is a fort mm-hmm. with, uh, I think it's like two or three people who uh, they were tasked with defending this place and like over the course of a year or so, like lost most of the people that were tasked to defend the fort, but they're still there on their own. Sure. And so a lot of it is just kind of talking to them and seeing what happened and like there's like skill checks and like more kind of subtle stuff and you can choose how to respond to a lot of situations in ways that are not specifically like, here's what I want to say more. I would like to respond in a friendly manner or... Mm-hmm. 
a stern manner or something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's, I think it's pretty good. Like, I think the writing is pretty fun and like pretty colorful in a way that's like enticing and fun. The game describes itself as being kind of like tough and brutal. Uh And so I turned the difficulty just to the lowest it could possibly be. Sure. Cause like I'm enjoying uh, that the fact that like I have a mission and I have a thing to do and like there could be danger. So I'm trying not to like make stupid decisions or Mm -hmm. anything like that because the game offers you a lot you can do, but um, it's also pretty clear that like you don't need to exhaust every dialogue thing. Like sometimes sure. you don't want to ask that question, sure. you know? So is this like Disco Elysium a little bit? A, a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's, I wouldn't say nearly as mechanically dense as Disco Elysium was mm-hmm. like all the like wild skill checks and like having conversations with the different parts of your psyche. None of that's going on, but it is mostly based around decision-making and thinking out a, a problem and what you want to do with it. But again, it's all text-based, so it's not like you can just like, all right, I'd like to go interact with this thing, or I want to go uh, see, do this thing that I see on the map. It's like, you've got a list of seven things that you can do and you choose from any one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. I, I, I rarely get into visual novels or text-based adventures. Uh, and this one, I think if you meet it where it is, is pretty good at doing this. I love the shade of fantasy that they have conjured in this game. It's feels novel without feeling super derivative of like a sure. ton of other it's not like just properties. another Tolkien property or something. No. Yeah. It's like, there's other stuff going on and like all sorts of like, you know, there's like a, a necromantic cult that you hear about. And like, I could have probably gone to check them out already, but like people are like, you should really stay away like that. You should probably shouldn't go out there yet. Mm-hmm. It seems pretty dangerous. And like, I like that I believe them in this game because like, I know that like I can definitely lose and we'll have to start over at some point. I don't know if it makes you start over from the very beginning, but like the, the danger is present mm-hmm. and I really like that. Um, I think it's great. So yeah, I'm enjoying it. A very, again, a very good pre bed, just sort of chill out chill and read out, a cool read. story. Yeah. Make some mm-hmm. progression. Take it easy type of game. Like I, I, I genuinely liked those, uh, the choose your own adventure goosebumps thing when I was a kid. And so it's like, just like a digital version of that kind of, yeah, it's making good on that promise of like, mm-hmm. cause that's, you're kind of playing an analog video game in that case, right? Like it's true. Choosing, choosing your own adventure is very video gamey. And so it's nice to see that play out in a way that where it's not like so clear what every decision is going to, uh, have happen. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like in, in, in A, the Goosebumps uh, novels, it was like, there is one way to get to the end of this, and every other path is like immediate death. Leads to death, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's so more like, like just trying to not trip the booby trap. That's what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, the big bomb that goes off yeah. whenever you go like to the wrong page. Yeah. Don't um, fall through the floor. Yeah. Like, and it, so that would happen really often, but also on, on the other end of this, it is... Uh, more vague than say something like mass effect where it's like i'm going to choose the bad option or the renegade option or the the paragon option i know what's going to happen for the most part right like you have a very good expectation of what's going to happen when you do that kind of choose your own adventure but here it's not as clear and i think it's very fun that they put more of an emphasis on needing to know a little bit about the person that you're like interacting with Mm -hmm. like one of the uh the earlier instances of this is that i talked to uh one of the people at this fort i was like hey i'm gonna go to this inn is there anything i need to know about this place and they're like not really but like just kind of be like straightforward with the guy who runs the inn like he doesn't have a lot of tolerance for like jokes and like you know giving people to run around Mm -hmm. i was like okay and then uh you know half an hour later when i make it to the inn totally forgot about that but interacted with the like person guarding the gate uh open friendly with them just like Mm kind of you know playing around they're like Hey, jokester, that's great. But also be serious when you get in there. And so it reminded me like, oh, yeah, somebody else said that I probably should like not be weird to this guy. Yeah. Let's just be normal. Straightforward. Yeah. 
and so when I got in there, I gave him kind of the straightforward answer and he was like, all right, well, I have some like leftover food if you want to eat that. Uh, and I was like, perfect, great. And it, it's nice that the game is not explicitly telling me like, hey, here's the bad option or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. just, just know the person you're talking to and respond to the situation accordingly. Yeah. yeah. So do or cool. don't. The choice is yours. It's fun. I like this game. Very cool. The final game that I've been playing, David, mm-hmm. and the one that I've been playing by far the most. Yes. It's this game called Chained Echoes. Whoa. What is this? This game is really fucking good. Ooh. All right. Hit me with it. Yeah. So this is a game that I knew very little about. I think I'd maybe seen like a preview or something at it like way back when, but mm-hmm. like was not tracking this at all. And it popped up on Game Pass and I was like, hey, I think I remember, you know, seeing some stuff about that game. I want to check this out because... Uh, visually, it looks a lot like a kind of a SNES era RPG, JRPG oh, sure. specifically. Chrono Trigger. Um, so, like, uh, yes, I think the visually Chrono Trigger is like a very good comparison. Sure. Um, you can see your sort of characters walking around the overworld, and uh, the the battle system is also like you just enter into it in the overworld rather than like flying into another screen or something. Gotcha. And so visually, I was like, hey, I didn't think I, I, I like that. That looks pretty good. And I like fired this game up again. It's, it's on Game Pass, so you're interested check it out it's it's, it's in your subscription mm-hmm. holy moly this game is good David. <laughs> um, holy moly hold the guacamole this, game, this is a good hold game it, sir take that guacamole and put it back i need to play video games Throw right that now guac on the floor sir i'm a gamer right now you gotta chill <laughs> throw my three extra dollars on the floor sir sorry continue so uh this was made by this dude named uh, matthias linda and he like i was reading about this because i wasn't really sure like what exactly the the deets were here but he said he's contracted out some of the backgrounds like art and uh the music but by and large it's just this guy making this game which mm-hmm. is a shocking uh, thing to to be true mm-hmm. especially when i'm playing through this and like it's it's just so good the the game opens up and it does this kind of fake out where you like wake up and you know your mom is like hey dude ready to go on your adventure today it's a big day mm-hmm. and then she starts slowly starts getting more more and more terse with you oh. and then slaps you like come on dude you gotta wake up and then it you uh, wake up on the airship that you're actually on. You were just like dreaming for a moment. Mm-hmm. And you're playing as this character named Glenn. And the uh, situation that you're thrust into is that you are this like mech pilot. And uh, you're assaulting one of the other like three countries that are uh, in, in this land that you the story takes place in. And it's like immediately shit is going haywire, right? Like mm-hmm. the game does not take a lot of time to like set up the stakes. It's like, no, you're at war right now. And you're in this gigantic airship. And also you're a mech pilot with a good friend of yours. Uh, Time to go. And so like it uh, teaches you the mechanics of like, okay, here's how the battle system works, which I will get to in a second. Here is, you know, how uh, you run around the overworld and how you interact with shit. Um, But it's all framed in this like really intense and high stakes situation, Mm -hmm. which I really, really love. I love that it's just immediately hit you like you hit the ground running with what's going on in the story. And uh, I, 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 I like when our JRPGs do that. Like it sometimes it can be kind of a bummer to like table set for hours and hours and hours. I love that uh Final Fantasy VII does this where, you know, you're immediately trying to go destroy the Mako reactor. Yeah. <laughs> Even like Final Fantasy X, right? Like it's it's not the same thing because you do play Blitzball for a second, but like sure. shit breaks bad pretty quick mission one kill god yeah sin shows up what's up man and so i i like when they're just like no like let's let's get you in there pretty quick because i think world building is effective when it happens over the course of like 50 to 100 hours mm-hmm. especially with jrpgs and so like just just hook me get me in there yeah and this game does that really really effectively 
And uh, the the end of the this prologue essentially is that you beat this like boss who's going on and on about how this like orb that you're trying to steal and destroy as a way to like stop the army is this thing called a grimoire, which you're just like, you're, I had no fucking clue what that is. But when you as the character Glenn uh, hit it and like destroy it, it causes like kind of like not not a nuclear explosion, but like a gigantic big bomb goes off Ooh. and like just totally wipes out this like city that you're assaulting. Oh, my gosh. It's it's like, you know, the, the prologue ends with this kind of like text explanation and they're like, you know, tens of thousands of people got wiped out. Mm, it's like when the chorus girl blew up a planet with her brain. <laughs> kind of, yes. Odd comparison, but definitely true. <laughs> <laughs> and so the the game sort of kicks off in earnest at that point, and it I think it takes place a number of months later, but essentially the three nations after this like terrible disaster have at least told each other, hey, we are at peace now. That was too much. Um, we're going to come together and stop being at war. And you uh, start playing as like this kind of at, at first daunting number of characters, but all of them immediately are very, I would say, well-written. Like there's not a lot of like stuff going on mm -hmm. necessarily, but like you get a really good sense of who these people are, right? There is a princess that doesn't necessarily want to be in the castle all the, all the time. And so she's taken her like, I guess, personal guard and they're like out trying to like stop crime and stuff like that. Cool. Which is great. It's really fun. Um, there's this like thief girl named Sienna who's like just incredible and like is like kind of in a bad way with this like gang of thieves mm. and so like immediately her story kind of kicks off there and she's very to me very compelling because like it's obvious that she is self-interested and makes decisions based around that very often but like you can you get the sense that more is happening underneath there but like i'm just so interested like please give me give me more backstory give me more let's go uh of course glenn and his friend it's like killian i think is the other person show back up somehow i'm assuming that they will explain that at some point because like they were at the epicenter of an explosion mm -hmm. But they show back up. Uh, there's an incredible character named Victor who's like a playwright, like okay. incredibly famous playwright. Like everybody recognizes him. All right. And somehow he's like 500 years old. Whoa. That's like barely, barely touched on. But like he's of some kind of race of people that live like super long lives. Hmm. And so the story kind of kicks off from there. And uh, the, the inciting incident is that there is this attack on... Uh, the castle that they're in it's a it's one of the capital cities i can't remember which one but there's this big attack of it seemed like some kind of like demonic monsters or something and uh like the politics of it start playing out immediately of people being like this nation is going to say that we attacked them and they have no uh, choice but to respond in kind and like it just kind of kicks off damn this like political theater thing and it's just like it at least up to this point, I know exactly what the stakes are and what's happening with uh -huh. my group of characters. And it's really good. Like it, initially, they're just like, OK, I need to get to this part of the country. Uh, and so we have to go across the border now. Like mm -hmm. we have to go. Um, and so your whole party goes out there to do that. The borders, of course, closed because like shit's fucked. And so you kind of have to find a way around it. But it's just it's, it's very good. And like just on the surface of it. The story is compelling for me. Like, I'm very invested and interested in what's happening. Mm -hmm. I think the other, like, very incredible thing about this game is just the the decisions that they've made, I guess he, this guy, has made about how the battle system should work. Um, it's so good. It's so good, David. So okay. uh, it, it, it is turn-based combat. That, that much is, like, you would definitely recognize what's happening here. Uh -huh. um, you've got some spells, some attacks. You can defend. You can use items, right? Like, that's yeah. all very standard Classic. stuff. Yes. The I think the big twist that he's put on this is that after every battle, no matter if it's just a random mob out in the field, you will heal back up to full health and magic. Everything goes back up to 100%. Mm, that's nice. And so it's really nice 
uh, uh, for a couple of reasons, right? Like you don't have to carry around a hundred potions. Yeah, uh, right. you, you do have like healing items, but it's just for use in battle, right? If your party's getting lower, you can use some healing items to get you back up mm-hmm. or to restore some of your mana. But by and large, it's not the kind of normal exercise in resource management that some JRPGs can fall into. Yeah, that's a nice quality where, like, of life upgrade. It's really good. And there's this other thing that they've chosen to do that is like, for anybody who plays D&D, uh, the game essentially runs on like at milestone based level ups. So like whenever you're fighting out in the world, you get like SP, which is like a very small amount of kind of experience that eventually you can use to level up certain skills. But when Mm -hmm. you actually, when your character gets like more HP or more attack, that only happens after, after bosses essentially. Mm -hmm. So after every boss, you get like one point that you can use to, uh, you know, upgrade like an actual skill. Like maybe you get a different kind of arrow that you can fire now. Um, just your attack goes up. You can choose to do that too. But as a result, with the battle system, with all the healing, and then this like milestone based um, leveling up, the mobs and like the monsters and the bosses are just tuned within an inch of their life. Mm. Like the difficulty in this game feels so good Mm. because it's not a game where you need to grind a lot. It's not a game where you need to run out and get 10 levels before you can fight the boss. Uh It is a game where uh, the battle system is, is twisted in the sense that like, if you're dying a lot, you need to figure out what you're doing wrong with the fight. Like mm. there is, uh, there was an enemy that I just kept getting fucked up by. It's this like, like Venus flytrap looking monster that mm-hmm. in certain circumstances, when you use a certain kind of skills, it will take all of your health down to one HP for everybody in the party. Dang. And I was like, God, like that is really rough. And it took me a couple times to realize like, oh, okay, I'm approaching this fight wrong. Like there is a way to do this. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I hate to make this comparison cause it's so trite, but like, it feels kind of Dark Soulsy in the way that, like, yeah, there uh, you go. the the Dark Souls of JRPGs, huh? <laughs> yeah, where the difficulty is intentional, but once you see what they're doing, it is a lot more obvious how to handle it. Yeah. Like, y- you can't let your foot off the gas in a lot of situations. Like, you really do need to treat every single mob like they could kill you because they can. Right? Mm-hmm. There's no insignificant fights in this one. Everybody can get you if you're not paying attention. And so it makes the the battle system a lot less about like just wandering through a bevy of random encounters. It's like all of them are kind of a puzzle and you need to remember how to approach these puzzles, right? Like mm-hmm. and and there, there there's plenty of quality of life stuff, right? Like if you pull up an attack and you're looking at one of the the pig monsters, it will remind you in the bottom, "Hey, this guy's weak to fire." Mm. And so, you know, you can use your uh you can use Len to go and use her uh fire spear and get it and and works very well and so like all all of that just culminates in this this feeling of a game that has changed something that i would consider like not fundamental but it's in a lot of jrpgs is random and frequent encounters Mm -hmm. that give you experience right and oftentimes in games that have taken away getting experience from random encounters i've been like that doesn't feel super good because then it kind of takes away the the weight of fighting any random encounters. And Absolutely. I'm like, I'm, I, I would just rather prefer to not. Mm-hmm. Um, but because, A, you can see these guys on the map. Like, you can see them kind of wandering around the little enemy mobs. So, like, sure. you don't have to fight them. But it, it also makes it feel like, no, I know how to beat these guys. Or, like, I know mm-hmm. how to solve this puzzle, right? It, it's, it is not, you know, I'm just strong enough at this point. And so it, it ends up feeling really satisfying to me of, like, I feel like I did it. I beat the boss. Or I beat the the mob because I know how to approach them or, you know, the the lineup of characters that I've got in my party are working in the way that I want them to or any number of things. So, like, I I think that's like such a smart decision and a thing to change that, like, 
I wouldn't have thought to do that. Like that's just, it's so good mm -hmm. and such a seemingly fundamental part of the genre that they're just like, mm, nah, fuck it. I don't want to do that. Something different. Let's, let's see if we, yeah, let's, let's try this other thing. Perfect. And so I, I think the, the feeling that I'm getting when playing this is that it, it almost feels like this is a demake of a 2023 huge RPG. Uh -huh. When I'm wandering around the overworld and it's like this big, vast place with like not open world, but there's open area parts of this game where like you can just go and like there's towns and beautiful little like areas that you don't have to go to if you don't want to. But there's a bunch of like, you know, side quest content that isn't a marker on your map. It's just like you go out there and find it. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, when I'm like wandering into these places that it hasn't explicitly told me about, it feels like this is a much more sophisticated version of a 2D JRPG. Sure. Like, I'm, I'm so used to JRPGs being one thing. And mm -hmm. the way that they have built this just feels totally different. It like kind of it's like punching above its weight class. It's such it's it's just great. It's such a wildly good video game. It it's fucked up that this is coming out a couple of weeks before we record our game of the year episode. Because mm. like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, <laughs> this is so wild. What am I supposed to do with this game now? Yeah, like I I don't think I could in all earnestness say like this is the best game I've played this year because it's not. But like mm -hmm. I it could be by the time I get to the end of it, you know, like. If they really nail the story and like are able to like say something really good, like mm. the mechanics are so rock solid and like you think the, be better the, than Elden Ring Chase? I don't know. That's that's a lot, right? Like that's, that's a, a lot. that's a heavy. That's a lot. But it could be much higher on the list than I could expect it to be. Mm. It's just it's so it's so interesting and so good. I know that uh, the the game developer Matthias Linda he was talking about wanting to create a game that makes you feel like what it felt like to play those older jrpgs without just trying to remake what they were doing yeah do something different with it sounds like yes and i i think it does that so well where it manages to capture this feeling of going out into this big vast world and like you know having these like really interesting mechanics that are novel and new and interesting mm -hmm. but but not adhering to exactly what those games were before like it's it's very clearly something different than final fantasy 6 you know like it, it works really differently than that but it does sort of like bring up that feeling that I had when I was playing those kind of games, mm -hmm. which is just something I don't see very often, right? Like uh, I was trying to think of another comparison and really the only thing I was able to conjure was how the difference between like Doom and Doom 2 versus Doom Eternal, like they're trying to make you feel in the new Dooms what it felt like to play Doom in the 90s, right? Yeah. Like it's fast and intense and mm -hmm. like really in your face and stuff like that. And this one feels kind of similar where... They're trying to set a vibe and set up like this really well written world and these characters and all this sort of stuff. But a lot of the times in the old old days, you kind of had to read between the lines for like, you know, who is cloud, right? Like you sure. kind of got to like dig in there a little bit to infer some stuff. But I think just like the writing in this one is really good and the world building is really good. Just literally the the setting is just like gorgeous and beautiful. So like mm -hmm. it's it's a wild game, David. I'm like shocked that this just like came out. You know, like just sitting here anything pass about for it. anybody to play. Yeah, it was it's shocking. Um it's also on Switch, which I think like would probably be a, a really good place to play it, but like I'm just so far in to the Xbox version at this point that I'm like, ah fuck it, I'll just play it here. Let's play it. Oh man, it's it's really good. Can I also just show you the battle theme? Please. The theme the theme music for the, the fights. It's uh it's really good. I don't know what that's called, 
right here. The like, I guess that's like a seventh or something like that. The like right before it resolves back into the bass chord. That is so fucking good. Good lord, that sounds so cool. Gets you going, huh? Oh my god. It's so good. <laughs> Sounds like something I would have played in band in high school. <laughs> yeah, kind like of. in a very right? good way. Yeah. I'm so into this. Like, every time I get into a fight, I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, I get to Here listen to go. this music. Let's again. go. Let's rage. Yeah. God, I... It's it's so shocking this that this game is as polished as it is mm -hmm. because like so many parts of it I'm like God like it it's hard to do one of these things right mm -hmm. it's hard to uh, code a game this well it's hard to make music for a game this well um, it is hard to make the visuals or the vibe or the characters or anything this good and there's like a dude and some contractors <laughs> that pulled it together it's shocking it's it's so wild awesome I don't have a lot of other words for it other than like whoa. <laughs> So yeah, Chained Echoes. Great. I don't know what I'm going to do with my goatee list. <laughs> is the is the end of Gotta this. Got to revise it. Mm -hmm. Someone's getting an honorable mention instead. Yeah, yeah, no, How it's true. How many games are you doing for goatee? I don't know. I think we've been doing weird numbers in the past. Let's do nine this year. Okay, sure. We can do nine. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember if we did eight or not last year. It would be really funny if we did like seven and we're just adding another two. I think at 10, we've got to stop, right? Like that's, that's too many that's games. The then, limit. Yeah. Tens that tens the top. Maybe one year we'll just do yeah. three. Who knows? Let's get crazy with Who it. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. We'll do nine games because it's all arbitrary. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Anyway, David, this will bring me to my pontimistic thing of the week. All right. What is it? It is the bizarre and otherworldly experience that the game awards was this year. <laughs> it was a weird one, wasn't it? Dude, what the fuck was going on? Bill Clinton kid? <laughs> Bill Clinton kid was wild. I So I watched them live and like, so Christopher Judge, the voice of Kratos and God of War, got an award for best voice actor. Mm -hmm. And uh, his speech was like approximately a hundred years long. <laughs> yeah, right? So It long. was so fucking long. And all the while at the bottom of this stream that I'm watching, it's on the Steam uh, stream that they had because mm -hmm. they're giving away Steam decks. And so I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. I like, want to watch that. The first Steam deck they gave away while he's giving his speech said, congratulations, MILF Hunter. You've won a Steam deck. MILF Hunter? MILF Hunter was the username that they selected as their very first. And so like, I'm just like staring into the void of Christopher Judge, like talking about how trickle down theory works in his in his speech and i'm just like what is happening and just out of the void a hand reaches out and it says milf hunter has won a steam deck it, like, by the grace of the gods me. milf hunter has it been just, chosen <laughs> yeah it cast me into the nether realm dude like my, my attachment to reality was lost at that point it's just like it's like in the the marvel movies when the sorcerer supreme like knocks you out of your body you just got <laughs> sent into the spirit world you exactly yeah, suspended was... animation you just you had a, a dissociative moment where you're just like what the <laughs> fuck is my life right now yeah no i saw the back of my head from above like witnessing my own reality it was bananas and like the whole night was like that it, there was sort of the section in the middle where they, where they were just giving away awards and i was like all right this is fine but like them dropping like hey we've got death stranding 2 that's a thing that's coming out uh -huh. we've got hades 2 i like it sort of broke my brain because 
Supergiant Games hasn't ever put out a sequel. No, they haven't. And I was, I, for no, no amount of time, had I even considered that they would just do Hades 2. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, of course, right? Like, that, that game is so wildly successful. It's, like, very clearly the culmination of so many of the games that they've put out before. Yeah. It feels like Bastion, feels like... Transistor. Well, Transistor, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, it, it, like, it feels like they've learned a bunch of stuff and they're putting it into Hades, so, like, duh. They would just make a follow-up to their best game of all time. Mm-hmm. And, like, easily one of the best games of 2018. Oh, for sure. And so, like, it's, uh, of course, but, like, I just never even considered that as an option. And then uh, the, like, follow-up to Celeste that's coming out is, like, a shocking Earthblade. Is that what that's called? Hold on. I missed this part. Celeste is getting yeah. a follow-up? Yeah. So, uh, it, I don't know if it's explicitly, like, this is the next Celeste game, but, like... Like a spiritual successor, at least? I think so. Like, visually and sort of mechanically, it looks very similar. Same company? Yes. Ooh. Celeste was so good. Celeste was, in, like, incredible. I don't think it was this because there was indie games before this, but Celeste felt like the first shot of, like, hey, indie games are something different now. Mm-hmm. Of, like, they are both mechanically very good and satisfying, and also they're saying something, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, like, of course, there's so many examples of that before it, but I, for me, at least personally, in my experience, I was like, oh, yeah, shit, why, why can't indie games say something good, not just be, like, a mechanical experience yeah same same people that made celeste is is their new game earthblade Earthblade. Um, that's a cool name yeah very good 2d explore action game in a seamless pixel world that's what they say you got me got me i'm I'm in (laughs) like I'm, i'm ready to roll um so anyway the the game awards was just a a surreal and pretty incredible experience and like yeah like the weird shit with the kid getting up on stage after like uh miyazaki got the literal best game of the year mm-hmm. was incredible and surreal and like strange i don't know his whole deal i, I read a really good article that maddie myers put on polygon that i think is like a much better representation of like my opinion on the kid and like all that sort of stuff because some initially people were like oh he's like anti-semitic and like uh, Jason Trier interviewed him and he's like, I don't know if that's necessarily true. He seems like uh, just like an edgy Jewish kid, mm. but it, it's a, it's a, it's a whole can of worms. But regardless, like the show itself was just like so strange. Like this would never happen at the fucking Oscars or something like that. Like just some bozo getting up there other than like Chris, Chris Rock getting hit by I was about to say, smack. Will Smith smacked the shit out of Chris Rock. So sometimes stuff like that does happen, <laughs> but it yeah, does. I see yeah. what you're saying. Other than the most recent Oscars, I guess. Some rando wasn't going to find their way on stage. Have you seen the, the TikTok of the, the girl saying, Okay, why the frick did Chris Ross just punch Chris Ross in the penis? No, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's unexplainable if I just say it. Yeah, it was it's very confusing funny. what you just said. So anytime I hear about chris rock and will smith i can't help but think of kiss ross punch chris ross kiss kiss and chris of the ross family (laughs) anyway game awards good time uh david do you have something fueling your sense of optimism this week i do it's ben brode ben brode Ben the man himself the man himself creative lead i guess at at the the marvel snap at at the marvel snap studio but yeah i i think he makes really good games and i also appreciate that he left blizzard before the shitstorm happened so i feel like he kind of was like uh i'm too good for these folks and left which he probably is so i just enjoy that he's still out doing his thing making fun card battle games it's great it's kind of easy for me to forget that like hearthstone was also kind of a big splash when it hit oh 
was huge. Obviously, it, it obviously became very popular, but I, I just mean like it, it felt like a real shakeup of like what mm-hmm. card games were at that moment. Yeah. At least digitally, I guess. And so like th- this one definitely feels like, oh, they've sort of done it again of they're twisting what people expect from a card game in a way that is fun and good yeah. not just like we want to get more money out of you which you know there is there are buttons in this app that will charge you a hundred dollars if you press them which is sort of challenging but yeah so we'll, we'll see how i feel going on in the game but i just think it's really uh, impressive that he's able to make two games that uh, like you said really turn the genre on its head and make people think about it differently mm-hmm. and you know does something new unique and interesting with yeah with that type of game it's great yeah any more Ben Broads. Well, cool. Hey, do you want to move on to our main thing? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, it's Good Games. It's a segment where we talk about the OKS games of yesteryear <laughs> and gush all the things that we love about them. Although this one's uh, more of the, the OKS games of yesterday today. Yeah, a, re- a recent release this week. Yes. David uh, suggested, hey, there's this uh, PlayStation Plus game that's that's out this month. Why not play Biomutant? Mm-hmm. I had seen some things, things about this game when it was making the rounds and press releases that kind of got me a bit interested in it. So I was like, oh, cool. It's for free. Let's see. Let's, let's give it a whirl. Potentially cursing us, but... <laughs> We'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> and then on that day, David put forth a terrible curse on the podcasters. Their fate was sealed. <laughs> Their fate was sealed behind the fucked up face of a bio mutant. <laughs> this kind of weird kitty cat thing. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Before we get too far, David, can I hit you with some hot stats about bio mutant? Please, please. Hot stats. Hot stats. Biomutant came out uh, for the previous gen, May 25th of 2021, so last year, and uh, September 6th of 2022 for this gen. So they came out for like PlayStation 4, Xbox One last year, and then Series X and PS5 this year. Mm-hmm. It's made by this company called Experiment 101, uh, this like Swedish game development company, and they are a, a mostly newer company. They're made up of previous uh, people who used to work at uh, Avalanche Studios, who are the uh, the folks who made Just Cause, uh, like a couple oh. of Mad Max games. Okay. So it's it's made up of some of those people, but uh, by and large, this is like their, their first game. Um, that mm-hmm. they've put out. I think they were founded in like 2015, 2016, something like that. I don't know. That that might may not be correct, but they were founded a while ago, and and this is their first first release. Cool. I do have a review from fourplayers.de, which I presume stands for Deutschland. Mm. So this is a a German outlet. I've taken their review of Biomutant and I've run it through Google Translate a number of times to properly mangle it up and fuck it up good. <laughs> fuck this and... up good. <laughs> and it's 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 real bad this time this one is a bit of a wild ride all right i'm ready so uh yeah here's what four players deutschland had to say biomaterials are a good starting point a good process sometimes works but it works best like many women i love the ever-changing nature of creativity but when the beat begins in the open world the party begins with the worst sound the gaming history These stories told in such a silly-willy way that you want to snap your fingers when you hit the ball are beautiful sculptures of Will Whipplefield's children's environmental history audiobook. Unfortunately, it is never confused, questions are always wrong, a little silly, and the world reveals little of its beauty, while conflict and creativity are always on the negative side. 
This article had a lot of hope, but it was disappointing. 5.7 out of 10, David. Wow, did not like it. I am shocked that such a silly willy way made it through Google Translate. <laughs> <laughs> that like rhyming was a part of Google Translate today. Such a silly willy way. Yeah. Also, also what's <laughs> Will? Who's Will Whipplefield? I tried to Google this. I have no fucking clue. I've like it's not a person that's in the game or something. I have no clue what that's. That's amazing. To. Google Translate <laughs> just created a new human being. They made it. Made a new guy. It's Will fresh guy. Whipplefield. Children's environmental history audiobook is the the full sentence there. I don't know what the fuck that means. Is it environmental sounds for kids or is it environmental sounds by kids? <laughs> the latter sounds uh, has got to sound pretty bad. Yeah, like be air rushing through the through the air, uh, yeah. air rushing through the air. Good job, David. Five year old. <laughs> yes. I, I I don't trust a five year old in their foley work. <laughs> It's just five-year-olds doing fully. That'll be awesome. Here's the noise my belly button makes. It kind of sounds like slogging through a marsh. That's a fun one. Um, hey, can you explain to me what Biomutant is, David? Yes, Biomutant is a uh, open-world action mm -hmm. RPG. Yeah. Where you play as a Biomutant, which is uh, one of a variety of different creatures rodents, rodents yeah. i would say rodent mutants rodents have uh, there it's been the apocalypse humans yeah. have killed themselves through climate change essentially yeah and poisoning the world and rodents are the only things that have survived and they have mutated into one all the species of rodent have mutated into one like giant mighty species of rodents that now yeah. rule the world with their uh, guns and their wung fu. Why wung fu? Uh, don't I ask don't me, know, but yeah. they can. They, these rodents can shoot and they can do karate and they can talk and they wear clothes and little hats like little people. So it's it's yeah, that, that's that's pretty much the game. And then from there, there's there's a morality system in it as well. I guess is, is a is a is a is a is a point of the game. Um, yeah. So you can choose to be a good rodent or a bad rodent and choose one of two tribes to be a part of. And you can also take over territory from different tribes to mm -hmm. kind of control the map. Uh, so there is like a territory expansion component to the game as well. But yeah, you are you are the chosen rodent who is coming back from the the outside lands, the great concert out 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 in the <laughs> beyond the great wall and you are there to uh put things right whether that's destroy the world or 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 save it is like some some story about like the life tree which is like some tree that the uh, life tree is a special tree uh that they planted and like fed like these weird burrito looking animals to yeah or or fed it fed the tree burrito animals that made it really strong and powerful for some reason yeah. and now it has these four really big roots that these world eater monsters they call them world eaters are nominon and you have to kind of go and either help them eat the tree or keep them from eating the tree also your mom invented one foo <laughs> <laughs> yeah what was the name that they had for your mom your muma and your popsy <laughs> your muma yeah God, this game is a wild ride. It feels like a PlayStation 2 or 3 game in a lot of ways. Yes, agreed. Maybe like a launch Xbox 360 game. And it like I don't in both good and bad ways, I think. Like It does kind of have cameo elements of power energy to it, doesn't it? <laughs> it? Yes, it does. There's like this version of comedy that's like it feels overwhelmingly British in a certain way. Not exactly sure what that is, but like Yeah, when I when I was playing this game, the two the game that came 
most to my mind when I was playing it was Fable. Yeah, no, same. I, it may just be the British man, like, narrating everything, but, like... The British narrator, the action RPG elements, the kind of yeah. loose story in the game, the the emphasis on character creation and player control of the environment and the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought there was definite Fable vibes to it, which is not a bad thing to me. And I, I enjoyed those Fable games personally. I played through the uh, the beginning of the first one earlier in the year, and that was a really bizarre experience. Yeah, you said it wasn't didn't age that well, right? No, like, not that it was like bad per se. It, like when I played it, I was like, yeah, this is what it was. Like, it's not like I was misremembering it or something. I think just like the world of 3D action RPGs has become so big and broad that like kind of a basic one is like it, it just felt very weird. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that one of the characteristics that I remember like a lot from that era of games was like this real need to like tutorialize every inch of the video game. Yes. Yeah. And like, man, this game really indulges in some, <laughs> some tutorials, David. The first couple hours are tutorials. It's a lot like and so here, here's the thing, though, like I I like the world of the game. Like, I think it's fun. And like this take on like kind of a post-apocalypse, like that's cool, right? Like it's 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 mm-hmm. got a Horizon Zero Dawn flavor to it of like, <laughs> sure, this leftover ruined world with is rodents like, instead of people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, that's that's not bad. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And like when the game takes its hands off and I'm just kind of wandering through that world, it's fun. Like it's interesting and cool and pretty. And like it's 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 a cool world that they've built. But man, they, they really love to get in front of you with a lot of that stuff. Like I, I, I understand tutorializing combat. Like you got to do that, right? Like it's it's hard not to say like, OK, here's how you hit stuff. And like the presence of guns is such a strange <laughs> addition. But like, yeah, they got to teach you that. It feels almost matrixy in the combat. <laughs> yeah, like a John which is Woo guns movie or something. Yeah. And like melee weapons, right? Yeah, because like the the physical combat doesn't it like it feels kind of not Dark Soulsy. I would say closer to like any of the earlier action RPG stuff. Like, yeah, it's a dodge it's button, which is really Soulsy. important. No, but like dodging is a really important part of the game, and like you know your attacks take a little while. It's not super quick. Mm-hmm. It's faster than Dark Souls, but like. It's, yes. it's not quite as quick as like, you know, the first couple God Awards or something. Absolutely. And so like, I, I understand having to tutorialize all that, but like me, oh my, like you get into the open world and it's like, here's a town that just got ruined. Let's go talk to that guy. And then you go talk to that guy and it gives you like four text boxes on like, here's how you interact with somebody. And then it goes into a flashback where they teach you how to craft. And I'm like, oh man. Yeah. And, and like, I was trying to, I, so I was trying to do this like kind of exercise where I was like, is this is this the tutorial that I don't like or is it the game that I don't like? And I think it's just the tutorial because at a certain point I was like, I would like to know what it's like to not have this stuff. And so I just was mm-hmm. like slamming through dialogue and skipping every single yep. cutscene. Yep. And like the game was pretty fun at that point where like you go into the town, it's like sort of bizarre and like the game essentially says like hey you need to go talk to one of these two clans and just over explains the ever-loving hell out of it of like here's the direction you need to go maybe we should go this way too but like yeah skipping all of that and just trying to like wander through the path i was like it's interesting this reminds me of horizon it reminds me of breath of the wild where there's like this big sort of like blasted land that you have to go like Mm -hmm. wander through and that's good that part of it is good yeah just kind of exploring the world is fun yeah and and so like it's it's very strange to have it these like guardrails put up so often and so frequently that like you know maybe 30 hours into the game it's not as bad but like holy moly it was a lot in the beginning yeah it was i don't really have the issue in like god of war or horizon zero dawn where 
your party is constantly uh, chatting at you of like, hey, here's the solution to the puzzle, you know, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason, that doesn't really bother me. Like, that's that's OK. It's it's I, I agree that like it, it's kind of grating and like, let, let give me a second to try and solve it. Mm-hmm. But like the game is still fun to me. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I, like my my tolerance for whenever a flashback happens and we go into a half an hour long tutorial on how to craft is so much lower that or you know just extensive text boxes or even the worst of like where a game just flashes you the control scheme at the beginning of the game and then it never shows you that again you have no fucking clue how to play the game just like well i guess Um, i don't know how to do that yeah yeah here we go yep and so like man it it was definitely wearing on me in the beginning and like this isn't i'm I'm not trying to like dunk on biomutant or anything like that that's not the intention of the segment but like i think it was i'm trying to get this out front so that i can talk about the stuff that i like (laughs) you're trying to you're trying to eat your vegetables first is what you're telling me yes yes i i want to talk about the stuff that gets in my way because like i don't think this is a bad idea for a game it got very middling reviews i think that the idea for the game and the world for the game is very interesting yeah i I do agree with that it's a cool world it's a cool concept you're a rodent in the post-apocalyptic world with this crazy backstory going on Oh, everyone yeah. always loves a good chosen one backstory and a good morality sure. system. But at the same time, it still has to be, you know, like engaging to yeah. to play the game. And that's where I think the game falls short is like actually do, doing doing the gameplay mechanics. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, like there's some cool things you can do. But like I was a, I chose the Psy Freak class in the yeah. beginning and it just felt very kind of, I don't know, wimpy. Like all mm-hmm. my all my powers and my moves, I, I felt yeah. like I was running out of juice, tea, juice yeah. a lot, and just resorting yeah. to going and hitting people. Sure, yeah. And I'm just like, okay, so I'm just gonna have to. Like the game is is kind of like gearing me towards just putting a lot into like the strength category, so I can yeah. actually do damage quickly because the the battles are just lasting a long time for me. Like it was, mm. you you like these enemies are just tanking a lot of my damage and not doing much, and then I just have to retreat and and shoot them again. And yeah. I don't know, it just it didn't it didn't feel em- empowering. Like I was this sure. lone Ronin warrior that they were they yeah. were making me out to be uh, coming into this world. Mm-hmm. So that that was probably my my biggest issue sure. with the game. But like I said, I, I do love the world. I do love the the silly world building behind it, mm-hmm. and I did love taking pictures of my of my little gremlin. <laughs> oh my uh, god, dude! Rat thing. You, what I can only describe as left me jump scares in my PlayStation <laughs> inbox of just really close up screenshots of your <laughs> chosen rodent, who's like yes. purple, I guess. He's purple for the kings, baby. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't put that together. <laughs> They just won a game that day, so I was like, purple it is. You lit the beam. Yeah. Beam me up, baby. Wow. Yeah, you you took like three screenshots over the course of a couple of days to send these to me. Every time I saw David sent you an image, I'm like, oh no, not another one. <laughs> it's just that for some reason, my my character has like this really kind of maniacal little smile always going on. He's a scampish I, little guy. He's yeah. scamp. He's, he's constantly doing a DreamWorks face. Mm-hmm. Uh, as chase would say 
Mm-hmm. So whenever he's just, he's like wearing a little hat, just yeah, looking scamp. scampish. <laughs> he's standing next to a dead body, just looking scampish. Yeah. So yeah, it was just, that, that was probably the most fun I had with the game, which is finding <laughs> different poses to put this little creature in, which was also very funny because Mallory, hate my girlfriend, hates raccoons. Oh no. And she's like, this thing looks like a raccoon. What the fuck is this doing on the screen right now? Get this out of here. This was probably a bad decision to play in front of you, but here we are. A couple things. Well, yeah, definitely. Like the character creator is wild. I uh, I made my my little guy. Uh, his fur was white, but he had these like red things, like kind of like bits around his eye. Uh huh. So he looked like Kratos. So I named him Kratos. Kratos. And went with like a strength <laughs> a strength class, which there you go. I did not have that experience that you're describing. My, the combat that I got into was really short. Hmm. Whenever I fought dudes, it was like pretty, usually pretty easy to just go in there and whack them a bunch. And that usually does. Gotcha. Yeah. Again, for better or worse, like I get the the guns. The guns are such a strange inclusion. And that like the bullet time as well. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was just very weird, but, but effective to go up and hit a bunch, kind of dodge out of the way, shoot them a little bit and then go back and like fight some more. Mm-hmm. I also turned the difficulty way down. So that may be what I'm experiencing. Um, cause I, I was like, I did medium, but I guess it should be, it shouldn't be that much of a difference. Yeah. But anyways, but I like, I did like the, once the game actually opens up into its loop, I think it's like fun. Mm-hmm. So like, I just, again, this is kind of a similar experience to what we were talking about last week with cyberpunk about the actual game part of the game. Like, I wish I could just get in there faster. Yeah. Because I think the, the what the game is doing well is it's world building and like the, the space that it's created. Mm-hmm. is interesting and fun like most most open world games just star like a guy that yeah. you're controlling it's just mm-hmm. a, it's a person you know like it's it's either Ezio or cassandra which don't get me wrong assassin's creed cassandra is a good main character sure or aloy um or or any number of open world characters but like it's all Nico humans Bellic. right uh, Nico Bellic, yeah, good man. GTA Four is a good game. I gotta play that game again. Um, second week in a row that's come up. We're invoking its name. Yeah, but it like it's fun to have it kind of turned on its head a little bit and be like, okay, what if something different? What if this was like a different setting and a different kind of character? And like, you know, I was getting shades of Kung Fu Panda with all the martial arts and stuff like that. Absolutely. Um, which is fun and like that. There's no reason that needs to be a bad game. That's kind of a novel concept. And so it was just challenging when like it was just tutorial after tutorial and mm-hmm. the game kept like kind of get just getting in its own way. Strange. I'd say that's probably the biggest thing about the game for me is that it kind of gets in its own way. Like yeah. just unleash me, unleash me, unleash the sci freak within me and just let me, <laughs> let me, let me do a lot of, of things. And like it gives you that at first, but it, it yeah. also just kind of hamstrings you with the key system and like the things you can do are pretty cool like i had unlocked this blink ability where i could like teleport yeah, yeah. and like bl- blast people away there's like a fire one that leaves like a trail of fire behind you which was cool you mm-hmm. can kind of trap people in there and create and like really damage them a lot which was sweet yeah i just wanted to be able to do that more and i wanted it to do a little bit more damage for me yeah yeah it it because it felt like oh i can do this cool thing but like it still doesn't do much to the enemies and then i still have to do like a lot of gunplay and melee which when i was creating my character i'm like okay let's just do like intelligence build let's go all intelligence yeah and so i just i it was it made my character feel kind of like oh why did i why did i make him this way (laughs) yeah yeah even though he was pretty uh, scampish with with how he looked because of mm-hmm. being made that way. So yeah, I think I think there are some really interesting things about this game. 
Mm -hmm. like the like the powers you can use uh and then some of the the weapons were pretty cool that you could i liked how you were like creating weapons from scraps and just making something that looked actually kind of cool with that yeah it was neat and now you're using like oh some things that have been scavenged from the past world and things that have been you know more created from now times the present yeah. time in the game but yeah it, it, it's, a, it's a it's a it's such a mixed bag with this game <laughs> i know yeah it's like it starts to reel you in and then just something else happens you're just like oh, i don't i don't know if i could do this <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure no it's definitely a mixed bag it felt a lot of different ways while playing it yeah it was it was all over the place it was all over the place i think up to this point like there was there was this big discussion i feel like earlier in the year of like you know elden ring is going to change my perception of open world games after mm -hmm. this and I, I like I played Horizon after that, and I was like, no, this is still a good game. Like Horizon's still a fun game, and like even though it is sort of adhering to these older design ideas of like you know bunch of stuff on your map, a lot of waypoints, um, you know exactly where you need to go, and the story's kind of playing out around you rather than like you know you going and like exploring and kind of finding the story that you want to find in a certain mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. and, and so anyway, point being like I, I just was like I don't know if that's necessarily true for me yet. Like if Ghost of Tsushima came out this year, I would still be like, that's a pretty fun game. I like the game a lot. Yeah. But I feel like this game has really like challenged that for me. <laughs> I'm like seeing, I'm seeing the, the bones of this way of designing games. And like, it is kind of tough because like yeah. a lot of the time when these games come out, they're like so polished you know, like Horizon is like a wildly polished video game. Absolutely. It's like one of the better versions of that kind of open world. Um, and so like, so is Ghost of Tsushima and like all, all that sort of stuff. A lot of the Assassin's Creed are usually like up to that par, but this one, like, you know, just, I'm, I'm not trying to dunk on it here. Like, isn't, it's not that polished. Mm -hmm. And so like, it's, it's interesting to play it and be like, okay, I like see why this is less compelling because I was trying to make it into Elden Ring by like skipping mm -hmm. the cutscenes and just blasting through the tutorials and like just mm -hmm. trying to get myself in there quicker. Yeah. I like I don't know if this is possible like just technologically because it sounds kind of tough but like i do wish there was a like a setting of like it's i played some video games before i like you don't need to tell me how to like do every little thing yeah yeah show totally. me what the hit button is but like the rest of it just like it's fine put i got me it. in there put me in yeah. coach you know elden ring and breath of the wild for me at least like hey it's it's hitting on this sense of discovery and exploration that is driven by my own curiosity which is really really cool Mm -hmm. But I think the game just kind of like after its initial little bit of tutorial, it just kind of lets you go. And yep. like, I think some people would call that trust in the player, but I think that's also just like good game design, like knowing where the limits of your world are and like how to intelligently sort of like push somebody in one direction, whether that's through tougher enemies or just kind of the, the actual physical design of the world, which mm -hmm. I know is harder, but like, I feel like this game isn't so far gone from that. Like the world is still interesting. It's like so lush and pretty and like, they're really not afraid to use color and it's really like a gorgeous mm -hmm. space sometimes but yeah i felt like i was playing like a, a, a sly cooper as far as like the tutorialization or sure you know maybe that maybe that's not right because sly is really good but like a cameo elements of power sort of thing mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. every few minutes i'm getting a and this is a a grongle puff a monster that you will have to fight in about 10 hours yeah. also here's a guy that you need to talk to oh did i tell you about this waypoint i'm going to put on your map here's what a map is by the way yeah also, who is the, who is the narrator? Is it your little automaton thing? Is that what it is? Talk to me. I, I have no idea. Like, where is this man coming from? I saw the part of the game where I caught the automaton, and uh -huh. I was just flying through the cutscenes at that point, David. Yeah. Like, 
<laughs> I had already made the decision that I don't think I'm here for the story part of this game. I do like yeah. the world, so I'm just going to focus on that at this point. Well, you don't want to avenge your Mooma and Popsy? Dude, the Mooma section was so wild. There's so many little, like parts where you don't like i just wanted to go learn wung fu from my mooma yeah and they weren't letting me they it wanted me to do all these side even, quests like, teach you that much no <laughs> it sure didn't you get there and then it's like you know wung fu now yeah it was like here's the montage and we're done <laughs> yeah now um, mooma's dead you're, spoilers your sorry. village imme- yeah your village immediately gets invaded r.i.p mooma r.i.p mooma yeah, weird, weird video game, David. <laughs> yeah, it was a much different experience than I thought it was going to be. I was kind of looking yeah. forward to playing this game, so that may be why I'm a little bit more down on it, because I was like, mm-hmm. I was interested in this game when I was seeing previews for it coming out. I'm like, that's an interesting idea. This seems like a cool world. This seems like an interesting combat system. And it, it yeah, it just kind of fell flat for me. But there, there is definitely still some stuff to, to enjoy and love in here. Yeah. So, yeah, like... I would be interested to see if if they would ever do like a sequel to this. I don't know if it did yeah. well enough to warrant that, but it sold okay from what I saw. But I'd be interested um, to see like because this is a fledgling studio. If they just got like a little bit more money, a little bit more, a few, a, maybe some more employees to just kind of flesh some things out. If they could really make an interesting sequel to this, the, there's not very many people that work at this company. I think in August of 2018, they had 18 people employed there. So like, yeah, it almost feels like a understandable like an indie game that tried to be a AAA game, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but that's just it, it kind of found this weird in-between space between those two i don't even know if they call them genres but just styles of game yeah yeah it's just it's just a little strange kind of like a yeah, little biomutant you make <laughs> <laughs> just a little strange it's true i like in the wikipedia they were also saying that like this game was first advertised as in they had been making it for a little while mm-hmm. on uh, august of 2017 oh wow and so like it was in development for a long time and like god that's a tough time to start making an open world game yeah like breath of the wild came out that year and then elden ring just came out this year so like yep. two gigantic real i would say like watershed and game defining changing games oh, yeah. came out absolutely like if this was you know 10 years ago i think this would be like all right well yeah like this is hip with the trends right now mm-hmm. but man it, it, it would be like we were talking about this with with doom 3 last week Mm-hmm. Of like, there were so many things going on in the first person genre at the time that like Doom 3 by comparison felt like what is going on over here in this weird little corner <laughs> versus like <laughs> Halo came out and then like Modern Warfare was starting to like do its thing. And then like Doom 3 was like, what if we did a Half-Life 1? And everybody's like, that was so long ago, dude. Like Half-Life 2 literally came out this year. <laughs> I get what the times of Doom 3. Yeah, but like <laughs> at, at this at this point, shooters are not settled, but like the, the like Call of Duty's doing its thing, Halo's doing its thing, and you know, Doom uh, Eternal or Doom 2016 can make the splash that it did because it's like, hey, we're doing something different now. We're not just sort of like chasing this trend because there's a lot of different kinds of shooters and you can kind of find what you want. It's not super novel to be, you know, a modern warfare anymore. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, like it's not wildly novel to have an open world game like this, like it was in, you know, 2008 or something when first Assassin's Creed was coming out and it's a game like this. And so it's a real tough time to be making a game in there when like the whole genre is like, what if we didn't do a lot of the shit that we used to do? Yeah. 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 Cause yeah, the, the whole time I was playing and I was like, oh man, if they just like did this and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm just turning it into Elden Ring in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying is that FromSoft needs to buy 
this IP. Do Biomutant too. Biomutant her. Bio, bio, more mutant, more bio. Two, two, <laughs> bio, two mutant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got it. There we go. Bizarre game. Some good stuff in there, but uh, a real, a real okay game. <laughs> Maybe the okayest game we've played all year. It's a. It's definitely among them. Oh, man, we played Blinks this year, man. I think this but game. Blinks is like than... let me play the game. At first. <laughs> I think this was better than Blinks. If we're comparing oranges to oranges, no, it's better than Blinks. You're right. <laughs> it's better than Blinks. Yeah, I can't yeah. go that far. Yeah, it's yeah. Like it's there's there's video games in there. You know what do you? Which one would be a more compelling game if? From soft bot Biomutant and did Biomutant 2 or a From soft bot Blinks and then Blinks 2 <laughs> or Blinks the 3? They did a Blinks 2, didn't they? They did, yeah. The audacity to make fucking Blinks 3 a From soft game, David. Can you even fucking imagine? <laughs> like, I think the only way to do it would be to make Blinks the big bad and he's like some Cthulian time controlling Oh my horror. god, yeah. <laughs> he's like turned evil and you have to go fight Blinks. <laughs> Blinks the grace. mad time sweeper. <laughs> oh my! I like that's that's such a wild idea. It'd be like if like fucking Bong Joon Ho was like, "Hey, I just bought the rights to Sharknado, and I'm gonna make a really good Sharknado." <laughs> Excuse me. It's us again. Hey. 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 Um, <laughs> if you want to interact with us, you can do that at www.podtimism.com. There's a link to our like Twitter and stuff. If Twitter still exists by the time you're listening to this, mm. you can, uh, you know, suggest a, sh- a game. If you so choose for us to play, we will play it. If you're not, you can check to see if we've played games in the past there as well. So uh, if, if you want to do any of that, check out podtimism.com. If you want to help out the show, there's a couple things you can do. One of them is telling a friend. That's a very effective mm-hmm. way. Or, you know, just boosting it on some sort of social, if you so desire. Uh, again, appreciate when everybody does that. It's uh, genuinely heartwarming and cool. Yeah. Um, you can also leave a review. Like New York Giraffe Fan did. Mm. I suspect that this review was run through the Strait of Esperanto. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the That's title amazing. They Esperantoed us. Yeah, we got Esperantoed. I'm pretty sure because <laughs> I can see the title, but it doesn't let me see the full thing. It says this review ventured through and I have to imagine the rest of it is the Strait of Esperanto given uh-huh. the context of the review. So let, let me, let me see, see what they had to say. Uh, New York giraffe fan said the video game podcast is one of my favorite podcasts. David and Chase are happy for thunder as a show. The best games come from childhood. It seems that they have become good friends in life. It was so nice to hear these two friends talk about their passions. I recommend listening to this program. Gave it a five out of five. Thank you, what? New York Giraffe fan. Beautiful. Appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> what, what a beautiful Esperanto review. <laughs> I know. The last, uh, I feel like the last time we brought a review on here, I manually ran it through the street of Esperanto, but I, New York Giraffe fan, I appreciate you doing the work for me. <laughs> Um, and no, just save you going buddy. straight there. Yeah, I, I got you. So, uh, yeah, thanks for that one. Appreciate you. Scout out of the week. Thank you, Scout Wilkinson, mm-hmm. for your work on our podcast. Great our, work. It's great. I love. I love it. Every time I see it, like nice. That's great. That's Feels very good. good. Puts me Feels in the mood good. to listen to this podcast. It sure does. <laughs> like sort of a Pavlov's dog. Whenever I see the mm-hmm. the album artwork, I can't. We were. I can't believe we were running that busted podcast arc for so long. 
yeah. before we got to this one. It feels like this one is like, of course, that's our podcast art. But like, we're rocking that like we MS Paint shit I was doing for a while. Yeah. Yeah, but man. now in the Pavlov effect, my ears definitely start to salivate when I see this uh, podcast art now. <laughs> you may need to get that checked out. <laughs> it doesn't sound right you at all. You may be dying, sir. Also, uh, thank you, listener, for listening to this podcast. We appreciate you doing it. Uh, it's incredibly encouraging. We have seen growth over this year that I think is uh, very humbling and very cool. Mm-hmm. This is this is our third Game of the Year episode. We like started with Game of the Year, I think, in 2020. Intense move on our part, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I, I'm, I can't remember if it was the very first episode or around there, but we started at the beginning of the year, and so we were talking about our best games of 2019, mm-hmm. or our okayest, I think, was what we did that year. Just a couple precocious podcasters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it's, it, I, I, at least for me, I think at the end of the year, it's always kind of a moment to be like, okay, where have, where have we come from and where have we go? Cotton Eye mm. Joe. And so uh, it's it's a cool reflection right. point. To, had to make a joke while I'm being uh, serious. I'm speaking, speaking my feelings it into easier a microphone. To say. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it, it's very cool to see like the changes in the show, the changes in the listenership and like people's engagement with it because like, you know, it's, it's fun to record this podcast and I like doing it, but it's like, I also really, really liked uh, hearing people's like most meaningful game. That was really cool. Oh, that was so awesome. Yeah, that was really great. I, I love it whenever somebody like suggests a game because it, it's just really interesting to see like what somebody has taken away from something that like they may have liked. That is also definitely not the perfect game, you know, mm-hmm. um, because I feel like that's, that's so much of people's experience with games is like the ones that really sometimes leave an impact aren't always the ones that you're like, Yes, you should definitely go play this. It's like, yeah. you know, this weird, bizarre thing that I played, yeah. you know, last yeah. year or 20 years mixed ago. mixed emotions on it. You try to figure them out. I think that's really cool. It's a it's a fun celebration. And I liked, I don't know, getting getting more people involved in that this year. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's great. I'm sure we'll talk more about this at, at Goatee Season because right around the corner, we're going to record it, I think, next time. Yeah. Next episode will be Goatee. I think so, which is very intimidating. <laughs> I, you gotta, I gotta go play and blast so, that game, Chase, so you can put it on I your I gotta list. play so much more Chained Echoes. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a 100-hour game. Yeah. I, I think it's like 40, which is still kind of a lot. It's a lot. It's it a came lot. out like four, day, four days ago. So, uh, yeah. I I, well, I guess just programming note, too. We'll record Goaty, and I think that'll probably be our our last episode for the year. Mm-hmm. And then we'll pick it back up after, after New Year's. So Sounds good. We got one more episode left this year, listeners. Tight. <laughs> David, do you have any gaming with <laughs> Keep it tight. Keep it tight, man. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Okay, why not? Why that's not? That's it for today, I guess. That's all that's all I got. That's all Hell I got. Yeah. That's okay. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay with keeping it tight. Keep it tight. No light. You, you don't you don't have to come up with more if you don't want to. Keep it tight. Have a knife fight with a bow mutant. Mm. Sure. It's a fun time. Make sure to spec into the warrior class rather than the Psy. psy. I, I wanted so much more from the Psy Freak. I feel like there aren't good, there aren't many like very empowering wizard games where you're just casting a shit ton of spells. Yeah, I need a better battle mage class out of a lot of games. Yeah, I just want to be blasting spells constantly. And like doing a lot of damage. I think any spell should probably be doing a little bit more damage than just like hitting. Yeah. I want to be a glass cannon, mm. but it's actually like a cement cannon. Uh, yeah, I'm. I want to be a tough cannon. I want to be a, cannon. a tough. I want to be a tough cannon. Yeah. I want to live my best like Gandalf life. Yeah, I, like let me wear heavy armor and shoot lasers out of my fingers like that. I really do need that. 
if there was a game that they showed a trailer for where you're uh, some dude shooting lasers out of your fingers while wearing just like the heaviest armor, just like mowing people down, I would be interested. Yeah. I would be interested because there aren't, there aren't lots of like empowering wizard games. No. That's a strange sentence. Yeah, that was a new one. <laughs> Do you think that sentence has been spoken before? There aren't a lot of empowering wizard games. It's right on the precipice. That might have been said before, but it also might not. There's, there's a chance. There's a chance that yeah. I spoke something new. Anyway, Biomutant 2 coming this fall from uh, Miyazaki. I would play it. Yeah. <laughs> I would definitely play that. We'll keep it tight until next week where we record Goaty. Sounds good. See you later, gamers. See ya. Bye. Bye.